to the latest episode of the Celtic View podcast. It's the last day of January. It is transfer deadline day. We are recording this at Celtic Park and we don't know yet whether there will be some more movement in or out of paradise. But of course, the Celtic website and the Celtic Twitter feed will keep you right up to date with that. Of course, it is also the last day of January and while the UK might be leaving Europe, Celtic are certainly still in there and looking forward to our game against FC Copenhagen next month. I'm delighted to be joined in this podcast by the dynamic Celtic View duo of Conley and Donnelly. Tony Conley, welcome. You are now on a 100% record of predictions. People who listened to last week's episode will know that you predicted 3-0 uh, against Ross County at the weekend. Midweek against St. Johnson and Celtic TV, uh, you predicted 3-0 again. I'm, I'm guessing that you might be going for three in a row on Sunday against Hamilton. Um, I'll, I'll say two 0 against Hamilton, but I'll also be honest and say that I, you know I've just got lucky the, the last two times, but I'll run with it. And uh, also joining me is Joe Donnelly, and, and obviously this is just an audio podcast, but I can tell you that Joe is sporting a very fine pink hat. So there is a there is a young child in the south side of Glasgow currently crying because they're they're missing the hat. But thanks for joining us again on the Celtic View podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It is the advantage of uh, uh, hosting this that I can get to put in these these jibes and at one point when the tables are turned I, I fully expect uh, to, to get some abuse in my direction. Yeah, I'm just biding my time, just, just bear with me. I mentioned obviously you know, it's the last day of January, that is transfer deadline day. Celtic have already been busy in the market this month, Patrick Clamala and Ismaila Soro in you know, strengthening the squad as well, keeping the squad together and some of the players have gone out on loan. So the last day is always a day when the fans are always, there's always a sense of anticipation of maybe other players might come in, other players might go and it's, you know, we don't know until midnight what's going to happen. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I think so much of football, you know, from a manager and a player's point of view is, is wanting to please the fans and I think Neil Lennon will know that the fans will be happy with the two that he's brought in but the, the, they're always going to want, you know, one or two more and always of very high quality and he's iterated again and again how difficult that is. So I don't think he's going to be forced into making any quick decisions that haven't been well thought through. They'll be doing all the, the due diligence. He said Nick has, has been working hard and all the, the scouting, so they've definitely got some things in the work, but I don't think he feels under any immense pressure to, to pull the trigger on anyone until he, he knows for sure that they'll add more quality to the squad. Well, one player who is full of quality, of course, is Odson Edward. He's now on 20 goals for the season. And here's just a wee flashback to last weekend when he got number 20 against Ross County. Here comes Celtic again with James Forrest. Forrest threads it through to Odson Edward, a chance for his second in the afternoon. Oh, he scored again! What a goal! What a player! Celtic have the point secure. He's only been on the park for about five minutes. He's already scored two goals. He's won the game for Celtic. Watson Edwards, wonderful 20 goals for the season at Celtic 3. Ross County now. He touched on the influence of Odson Edward. It is fantastic to have him on the bench. I know he was suffering from a knock, but there was no sign of it within five, ten minutes of being on the pitch. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, he's, he's he's made a great recovery. Obviously, you know, even yesterday, the boys thought he was a it was a doubt, but you know, it just shows his character that he wants to play and he, and he wants to help the team. And you see, again, he comes on, he's sharp as ever, and you know, obviously the header, and then he's he's touched for you know uh, Brownie in the middle of the pitch, and then he goes and, and gets on the end of it. So you know, he's he's so good, and we're delighted to have him. 
That, of course, was actually the voice of Callum McGregor speaking after that game. Watson Edward came on as a substitute. Within five minutes, he scored two goals. He won 3-0. It was a remarkable performance. Callum McGregor got his underway with his first ever penalty as a professional footballer. And Joe, you know, Callum there talking about Watson Edward. We saw him leading the, you know, he comes on, leads the line, scores two goals. We've seen him combining so well with uh, Lee Griffiths. Already, you kind of run out of superlatives to describe how good he is. Yeah, the manager said exactly that as well recently. He's just so good. He's just so good and he just causes so much trouble um, to the opposition back line. Obviously, he did that in his own coming on the pitch for Lee Griffiths against Rons County. Um, it's back to two up top again against St Johnston and something that, that the manager and James Forrest have said when um, I spoke to James for this coming Celtic view, he said that when you're playing two up top there, it just, when teams do sit in, when, when they play that really deep uh, defensive line against Celtic, it just creates an extra problem. And when the extra problem is either Lee Griffiths or Odson Edward, that's even better um, for the strikers because they can play off each other. And of course, when the defenders are scrambling to cover two two bodies in there, it creates a lot of space for the midfielders as well, um, which can only serve to suit players like James Forrest, who, you know, in the new year, um, missed a, the first couple of games through injury, came back with an assist at Ross County, got himself an assist uh, against St Johnson, of course, got himself back in the score sheet. So, yeah, I mean, it's looking good. Um, when Odson Edward and Lee Graffers are paired together, um, but yeah, running out of, of positive things to say about both players. Were you surprised, Tony? I think everybody was after that game when, when they found out. I think Callum McGregor also in that interview admitted that he'd never taken a penalty out with a, a shootout before. And, and given his technique, it's surprising that he's never ever been on penalty duties. It is, yeah. He's, um, it is surprising because he's such a, a cool head and he's a very intelligent footballer. And we've seen from so many of his goals how composed he is in, in front of goal. You know, he doesn't doesn't always have to put his laces through it. So many of his goals are just, you know, like picking a spot and almost passing it in. So he's got great technique in, in finishing in front of goal. So he's more than capable of being the number one penalty taker if, if that needs to happen again. Although he did admit after the game that it was probably just the fact that Ryan Christie was, was suspended and Odson Edward was on the bench. Otherwise, I think he would have... He would have just been watching because obviously Christie has been the penalty taker. Odson Edwards just get that cool technique. We've seen him doing it for the French under 21 side as well. Yeah, I think Odson Edwards only missed one penalty at Celtic and it was a non competitive pre season friendly against St Gallen. Scored against Aberdeen in the semi final and Hearts in the final, obviously, to win the treble treble. It's a good position to be in to have players there that can that can line up to, to take penalties uh, as and when required. But yeah, I mean, Callum McGregor looked cool as you like he didn't really seem to phase him and for all he said that yeah I mean he was only stepping in after the game it's you know it's, it's good to know that he's there and, and ready to do it well Celtic have got a 100% record in 2020 and that continued with our last game in January we made the trip up to Perth through the the wind and the rain and we saw a very very impressive Celtic performance which also included goal number 15 from James Forrest Steps inside, St Johnson almost like statues. McGregor heads in the box again, flicks it out wide to Forrest. Forrest can go out wide. He does, and Forrest does what Forrest does best. He scores his 15th goal of the season. He scored one here tonight, could he get another four? But Celtic already leading by two goals to nil. What a goal, brilliant from James Forrest. It's just the simplest things, he makes them look so simple anyway. He's not trying to do too many step overs, he's just shifting his weight. The defender knows he could go one way or the other and score with both 
speed, but it's just that burst of acceleration. And then what he's in and around that area, his finishing is just impeccable. Just puts the laces through across goal into the bottom corner. The keeper's got no chance, and James Forrest is very happy with it. Greg, a great result and performance tonight. How much did you enjoy that game? Uh, yeah, actually, it was. Um, I thought the first half, especially, were pretty dominant and. Uh, it was, could have been four or fives even first half so no we were pleased but second half maybe a few wee silly mistakes here and there overall but 3-0 away from home you can't, you can't argue with that You had a couple of chances yourself and you also set up Lee Griffiths with that wonderful cross so just from your own personal contribution you must be pleased No I was happy um, with our performance tonight I thought I actually thought I could have had a couple of assists even the one late on Patrick wasn't far away and, uh, but I think the gaffer was pleased with myself and us all so no, uh, on to Sunday voice of Greg Taylor there speaking after the game and of course we heard James Forrest's goal, he's 15th of the season, that put us on our way to another 3-0 win and we'll, we'll talk about James Forrest in a, in a minute but Tony, Greg Taylor came in when he was playing as a wing back, we played the 3-5-2 he, he played very well, set up Lee Griffiths for the goal, the manager I think said after the game, that's probably his best performance in a Celtic shot and that must give him great confidence Yeah, well, yeah, definitely well um Breaking into this Celtic team is a really difficult thing to do, and there's there's obviously competition at, at the left back. So we've seen a few and that's uh, out in the left full back uh, role. So he's going to have to have been working hard in training, as I'm, I'm sure he has been to to get shot. And, and we've seen him just from time to time in the the squad recently. But to to sort of nail down that, that place and make it his own, he needs those kind of performances. So he'll be really pleased with that because the opportunities aren't going to be there every week with the competition that he has in his position. So to to put in a performance like that, you know, getting assists shows defensive qualities and, and qualities going forward in the attack as well. He, he will be pleased. And Neil Lennon said that after the game but um, the, in training that week that he was impressed with what he'd been seeing from Greg Taylor so he'd obviously earned his place in the squad from his performances in training that's where most of the work's done but you have to do it in the games as well so he's doing it on both sides Yeah and I think we saw a different kind of side to his game against St Johnston as well when he was playing in the 3-5-2 he was able to get up and down that line he said himself when he obviously got his assist and had some more chances um, to even get more on top of that against Partick Thistle in the Scottish Cup at the, the first game after the new year playing in the, the four diamond two um, and we're seeing a lot more of Carl McGregor on that left side pairing up there um, so I mean he's getting the width against St Johnston and he, he was involved in the midfield a lot more against Partick Thistle and every time I see Greg Taylor play he just seems like he really wants it um, not, not, not to discredit any of the other players but Greg Taylor certainly seems like someone who is always willing to go throwing himself into every single tackle covering as much ground as he can and yeah personally I'd love to see him get a run in the team and he's, he's done himself no um, damage there in terms of how he's been playing and, and against St Johnson in particular I'm sure as uh, James Forrest's biographer you, you wrote The Homegrown Hero which I'm sure many people listening got as a Christmas present a, a really really good book a brilliant insight into James Forrest that was probably your highlight of the game although I think as Tony and I would testify we've never seen a, a man happier at half time than when the pies and sandwiches appeared in the press box at McDermott Park but you spoke to James after the game that interview people were able to read in next week's view the manager said when we spoke to him for Celtic TV, he felt that was James back to his best and he, he got the assist, he got the goal and he just terrorised St Johnson throughout the night. Yeah, he was great and it was like Tony said in the commentary, it was a typically James Forrest style goal, the way he just has that wee shift of, of weight burst of pace and he takes it on his right, putting it across the goalkeeper, reminded me uh, of the goal he scored against Rangers and, and to win the, the seventh successive league title in that 5 nothing game or even the goal against Lazio just um, in November past but 
James Forrest is a big believer in you know he'll do whatever he can to help out the team, uh, and if that's goals and assists, he say he often says that you know you can have a brilliant performance, but if you look back you know a few years down the line, people remember the goals and assists more. And in terms of stats, and you said it, Paul, 15 goals, and um, he's got 18 assists so far this season, and we're not even out of January. Uh, last season was his most prolific season with 17 goals and 20 assists. So you know. Presuming he doesn't get, assuming he doesn't get injured between now and the end of the season, he's looking good to do even better numbers again this year. Well, one of those 15 goals this season came at New Douglas Park back in the 14th of September. It was the fourth minute. It ended up being the only goal of the game. It gave us all three points against Hamilton. And we're back at New Douglas Park this Sunday. Both games against Hamilton this season have been very tight affairs. Everybody will remember the game at the start of December when Scott Brown scored that last gas goal to give us the victory. And we're going to have a wee chat about the, the visit to New Douglas Park in that awful plastic pitch in a minute. But let's hear from the Celtic manager, Neil Lennon. Last gas winner at home, um, and we won one nil at New Douglas Park. So, you know, we got to be on our game. You know, Brian and Hamilton do a great job every year. You know, on limited resources to to stay in the league. It's a difficult venue with the pitch, um, but we've got good momentum at the minute, and we want to keep that going. You know, there's going to be ups and downs along the way, you know, we're not going to play like that every week and I assume Sunday will be no different, you know, it'll be a, psychologically a totally different game, you know, it might be a question of being patient and, you know, s- slower tempo if, you know, Hamilton try and make it difficult for us, but, um, you know, in terms of where they are physically, they're looking they're like psychologically and physically very happy. I mean, Tony, obviously Hamilton down near the bottom of the table Hearts got that good win against Rangers last weekend so they're closing the gap you know we'll go into the game it's overwhelming favourites but as you know, we just heard from Neil Lennon there 1-0 at New Douglas Park 2-1 that, that dramatic game here that you know looks as if we were going to drop two points because they equalised right, right to the death so I think he's anticipating another tough game I think we all are, yeah. Hamilton, they know how to scrap. As Neil Lennon mentioned there in the, the press conference, they don't have a lot to work with in, in terms of finance and stuff, but they always manage to to keep up there and fight. So there's obviously a, a good mentality within that squad. Um, they make it difficult when you go to their ground, partly because of the, the surface, but they just they know how to kind of sit in and make life difficult for teams that are, are attacking them. So I, I expect the same again this weekend, especially with us now you know, into the second half of the season. There's only a few months left, so they are sort of fight for their lives, so they'll be on the forefront of their mind and it will help them dig that bit deeper to, to try and keep us at bay. Obviously, the news this week from Hamilton, their manager, you know, was up at the SFA in terms of, of gambling and football. He said, I think it's a 10-game match suspension, five of that suspended. So he's going to be missing for, for the game. That might have an impact in terms of negatively for the, for the Hamilton players in terms of not having their manager on the touchline. But also, it might have a galvanising effect, in fact, that they'll want to play well for him in his absence. Absolutely, and first and foremost, I mean, full credit to, to Brian Rice for being able to feel that he could come forward and identify a problem in his own behaviour. Um, obviously, he's been he's been punished um, since going up to the SFA. But yeah, I mean, in terms of how that might impact the game on Sunday, absolutely. I mean, without the manager on the touchline, there might be you know lacking in communication. Who knows? But I'm sure their players will want to 
you know, be putting on a show at their home ground on a plastic pitch. Like we said at the top of the programme, like James Forrest and the manager reiterated about teams sitting deep. Certainly the last time we went there, Hamilton did that. Very structured, very organised, very tight. But if there's two strikers up there, perhaps, I mean, no matter what formation Celtic player, imagine they'll attack the game like they always do, trying to um, exact that familiar high press that we're used to. But with two um, strikers up there in Odson Edward and Lee Griffiths, it could be a real handful. And you're on commentary duties with Jenny McCulloch on Sunday and hoping then for a, a few goals to celebrate? Absolutely, uh, I would love it. Um, I'm going to go 3 now. I'm going to steal Tony's prediction in recent weeks. And I, can't be- and, I actually uh, can't believe that having said 3 now for the last two games, you, you deviated from that. I, I don't know, I'm just trusting my instincts. They're clearly working. <laughs> <laughs> well, we shall see. Certainly, as long as uh, Celtic win all three points, then that is the most important thing. Of course, we're five points clear at the top of the table going into this weekend. Uh, news elsewhere from the club, uh, Tommy McIntyre's reserves were on their travels again earlier this week. They were down in England and recorded a very impressive 3-1 victory over Huddersfield Town. Goals from Karamoko, Kieran McGrath with another goal and Cameron Harper with the goals for Celtic. So well done to Tommy's team. Uh, the Celtic women's team, they made another new signing during the week. Jodie Bartle signed from Coventry United. She's a 27-year-old English defender, so she's looking forward to playing for Celtic. And also, their season starts next weekend. It's the League Cup and it's a sectional group that they've been drawn with Glasgow Women. That's a different team from Glasgow City. They play one league down. Uh, Glasgow Women, they are the first opposition. That's at K Park on Sunday, February the 9th. So if you can get along to cheer on the Celtic Women's team. And that'll be followed by games against St. Johnson and Spartans. And we'll have a look in next week's podcast, a closer look at the forthcoming Celtic Women's season, the 2020 season. Of course, this is their first season as a professional side. And one of our colleagues here, Colette Carr, who follows the, the Celtic Women's team, will be on the podcast just talking about the squad and the hopes for the season. Now we're going to have a quick chat about this week's view and also next week's view. Tony, you caught up with one of our new signings. We, we mentioned him earlier in the programme, Ismaila Sorrow, when he signed. Um, he started training with the side, wasn't in squad for Wednesday, but he's a, he's a player that's confident in, in Golo Kante. I think he said that it's who he wanted to model himself on. And if he's, I think if he's half the player that uh, Kante's turned out to be, I think we've, we've got a real star in the making. That's that's the kind of style of player that you would really want in the Scottish game and in, in England as well. You want that sort of physicality, and that's the way he described himself when I asked him. Because I don't think a lot of us really know too much of what he's like. We've not saw a lot of the, the Israeli football. We've just seen clips on YouTube, so you can't really read too much into that. But yeah, in describing himself, he said he's a very sort of physical, aggressive player. He can be a deep line midfielder, but he also is capable of getting forward as well. So if he's modern himself or looking to go Kante for inspiration and ideas, then that can only be a good thing because it's not like he's a overly flashes, um, flashy, ostentatious player. He just he, he works really hard. He keeps things simple, and he's really, really effective. So, I mean, that's exactly what you would want from him. And we also have an interview with uh, Big Yozo in this week's view and had to come off midweek uh, at Park. The manager described him as a warrior after the game because he'd been out for four months. He's come back in, even played on uh, rugby park and doesn't normally play in those surfaces. I'm guessing he'll not play on Sunday, but we, we certainly hope that, that you know it's maybe just precautionary because you know when, when Yozo's fit and particularly he's played very well under Neil Lennon since since the manager's come back into the club. 
Yeah, I do hope that it is precautionary, that it's nothing too serious, given that he was out for so long. He, of course, he, he himself rather came back in for, for near beat on with an unexpected injury uh, and really hit the ground running. And as you say, Paul, like Neil Lennon clearly rates Joseph Simonovic and he has been fantastic for him. Scored a couple of goals towards the end of last season, that goal against Kilmarnock, of course, in the 67th minute and then helped Celtic beat Aberdeen to, to eventually wrap up the league last season. But when I spoke to Joseph, all he wants now is to, is to hit the ground running to keep going to keep um, getting games and to keep progressing at Celtic having been out for so long um, it is really unfortunate that he had to retire early in midweek but yeah we're all hoping that it is just precautionary that he is rested in a plastic pitch which you'd normally sidestep as you say did play against Kilmarnock and seemed okay over the 90 minutes um, but I really hope that he is back and fighting fit for his place in the in starting 11 soon and I mentioned already you caught up with James Forrest and that'll be an interview that's, that's out in next week's view Yes, uh, James, uh, again, just speaking about how important stats are to him, how important getting goals and getting assists are. Uh, he missed the first couple of games of the year, as I say. Um, he came back with an assist over both games, two assists and one goal. So, I mean, it'd be brilliant if he extends that at the weekend. And then I need to alter um, what I've started piecing together for next week's CLTV before it goes to print. And OK, and I should also say that uh, Homegrown Hero, the biography of James Forrest, written by Joe Donnelly, is available in all Celtic shops and I can heartily recommend it. And Tony, you caught up with Johnny Hayes just to, to get his take on how the season's gone so far for him. Yeah, it's it's been a good season for him. Neil Lennon trusts him a lot and he, he's he's been using him. Um, and, and the squad's just in and out so I, I was speaking to, to Johnny because the last time I spoke to him I think was maybe sort of October time and he, he, he was talking about the mentality he has because he doesn't he's not a regular in the squad but he, he was just talking about how much he appreciates where he is and you know if he's not getting a game he's not never going to sort of sulk about it he just gets the head down and works hard he really he knows that he's at an amazing club. He's worked hard and he'll continue to do that. So his mindset's really interesting. He's a really sort of down-to-earth, honest guy, just really humble as well. Um, he was talking a little bit about the, you know, playing in that defensive role because it's not something that he's done throughout his whole career. But we were just looking back to, I think, the Valencia game last year. was It wasn't the first, something, but it was one of the first times that he played in that position and he was... He was widely praised for that, so that's almost a year now. We were just kind of reflecting on that and how the the position feels to him now and, and where he goes forward from here in his career. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned how humble Johnny Hayes is, and, and one of the things that I really like about Johnny is that he sees himself as a professional football player. He said, you know, whilst every player would love to play every single game and play every week in a squad like Celtic where the competition is so high, he'll play whatever part that he can in, in that. And I know a lot of players say that, but to say that he sees his job as a professional player, which might see him on the sidelines or on the periphery for you know, maybe longer periods than MD would like, the fact that he's ready to step in and step up as and when required. And he showed that particularly last season, towards the end of last season, this season so far. Well, thanks, guys. That's just about us for this week's podcast. You can actually get in touch with us via Twitter at Celtic View, or you can email us celticview at celticfc.co.uk. I'm going to let Joe go home just to give his daughter back her hat. <laughs> uh, but we are going to leave you uh, with a reminder of what happened here on the 4th of December this year when Celtic were playing Hamilton and a last gas winner from our Captain Marvel. Can Celtic get this one? The ball across now towards Johnson. Johnson, edge of the box. Still Johnson flicks it in. It's not clear. Still Johnson to Brown. Brown. Bob with the shot. Oh, it's a wonderful goal! It's a pretty! It's a three points! Unbelievable! 
Scott Brown, a left foot shot, and as a captain throw, a smile of relief from Neil Lennon, and the three points have stayed in paradise. But that guys you see the most. Oh, I just got lost, I lost for the moment at Celtic. I scored that goal, wonder if Scott Brown. Big for goal behind the goals, but who cares? It's certainly worth it, and you see he took the responsibility. He drove it to the box, and he got out. Hopefully the winner, and they'll see he's winning three points. Well, he is our captain, he is our leader, and he is a legend, and he has won Celtic all three points in the most dramatic of circumstances. What a finish. Well, this is drama, this is tension, and what a vital goal in the course of the championship this could prove to be. Thank you